0: Good evening, and welcome to another exciting and riveting episode of Mystic Misfits. My name is Ryan Evans, and I am here with my co-host, Chaplain Deanna Barker, and we are very excited to have you guys join us this evening. Um, we are talking about a, um, a pretty mainstream topic tonight, which is uh, astrology. And I guess before we talk about it, before we jump into it, I just wanted to remind people that um, I am the owner-operator of a metaphysical store called The Aura Clinic, located in Fort Worth, Texas. And Deanna is a chaplain with a non-profit organization called Big Planet Ministries. And between us, we have, um, give or take, over 40 years of experience uh I actually know closer to 50 um so I've been doing this since I was 10 and I'm 43 now and Deanna started this about what 20 years ago about yes yeah so definitely close to 50 years of experience between the both of us um in dealing with uh, spirituality and of course really since we were born being misfits in some way uh leading into that tra- uh, onto that trajectory but, so with that said, we're just going to jump into it. Um, Deanna does have her reservations about the topic. Uh, I do as well because I am i don't consider myself an astrologist. Um, I, it's something that I've always been fascinated with, and I do incorporate some of it into my everyday sessions, but not specifically making birth charts or um, any type of... Uh, Reading or assessment from creating uh, other types of charts, but we're just going to jump into it. So, a majority of people are interested in astrology, right? Astrology has been around for thousands of years. Primarily, it was rec- it was developed to uh, follow time, to um, to record time, and be able to know exactly where where you were and where you, and where you might be and what was going on. And just to help you tell time, that was basically the whole idea of it. But over uh, the millennia, it evolved, and every civilization put their own spin on it and added different aspects to it. And of course, as we discovered uh, the ability to um, to chart the stars uh, later on, and like during the Renaissance time, the sixteenth century, things like that. And telescopes were uh, developed. Uh, in that that uh, that allowed more accuracy for the idea of um, dealing with the uh, inner and, and more sacred aspects of astrology. So the characteristics of personalities and purporting um, and, and predicting events, that ability as well as possibilities. But for a thousand years the idea of astronomy and astrology the word was the words were infused together uh, it was the same thing as uh, the idea of the earth not being the center of the solar system and the sun o- obviously being the solar the center the, the center of the solar system uh, developed and more planets were able to like neptune and Uranus later on, and, um, and Pluto and the asteroid Sharon uh, uh, or Chiron, however you pronounce it, uh, all of that began to change the idea of astrology. And then, of course, the two separated, and um, you have astrology, and then you have astronomy. But for such a long time, they were they were used interchangeably, and uh, astrologists. Basically, were astronomers, astronomers, and vice versa. That whole idea of the stars having an impact on maybe your daily routine, weekly routine, your monthly routine, your life. No one really knows at what point in time the characteristics of, and of the of uh, this of the signs. Um, dealing with your personality traits and you know, predicting the future really came onto the scene. I, I think the earliest uh, birth chart, m- some type of chart, was around 400 BC, but nobody really knows exactly when it happened. Um, kind of like the tarot cards. Uh, I mean, we have an idea like around the 13th or 14th century, but nobody really knows. It just it developed over thousands of years. And um, it is what it is today, of course. So there's a lot more that I'll talk about, but Deanna, I know that you've you've done some studying to get ready ready for this. And uh, basically, do you think astrology, from what you've studied, is bad? <laughs> is it evil?
1: I don't think it's evil. I don't think it's bad. I just don't know if it's reliable. Okay. Or if, I don't know if it's if. It's factual, if you can rely on it, if you can put any faith in it. I just don't think so. I know that astrology uses, you know, um, scientific knowledge about heavenly bodies as well as scientific sounding tools like star charts. Some people use astrology to generate expectations about future events and people's personalities, much as scientific Ideas generate expectations. Um, So, I don't know. I know it it focuses on the natural world. Astrology's basic premise is that heavenly bodies, the sun, moon, planets, and constellations have influence over and are correlated with earthly events. Mm -hmm. I don't know how true that is. Mm -hmm. But... It aims to explain the natural world. Astrology uses a set of rules about the relative positions and movements of heavenly bodies to generate predictions and explanations for events on Earth and human personality traits. For example, some forms of astrology predict that a person born just after the spring equinox is particularly likely to become an entrepreneur. That I found interesting. Mm Why? Why? Because that can actually be proven. Okay. Somewhere along the line, someone studied that to know that.
0: Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, and we could. You could always run a sample test, right, and a poll, and you could ask people that who are born around that specific time, and it could be like a hundred people, thousand people, and then poll them and see what their career field is. Sure.
1: So, But on the flip side of things, some expectations generated by astrology are so general that any outcome could be interrupted as fitting the expectations. And treated this way, astrology is not testable.
0: See, now the same could be said about what I do in terms of the divination, right? And cardomancy and reading the cards. So there are people who, in their readings, they will just look at, the series of cards you've laid out, and basically just regurgitate the simple meanings behind the cards. So it's pretty general, and obviously that's not going to be a a, a very vibrant or intimate type of reading. <laughs> right. So, I think a lot of it, it depends on the astrologer. Um, just like the intuitive reading the cards. The tarot cards in front of them, uh, in interpreting the interpretation is going to be key. So, if if a good astrologer is really um, studied and they have you know they've been they have the experience backing them up, they're able to read deeper into the meanings of what the signs represent, the planets, um, the specific. If you have a, a you know a moon rising or you have Canter and Taurus in your house as well. Um, all If you have all of those details, you're able to develop a story. Right. And just like I'm able to, because I know the deeper meanings of the cards and my intuition kicks in and I'm able to see those scenarios play out in my mind. Um, so I'm able to, you, again, give a depiction of a story. I think a good astrologer can do the same. Again just like what I do, you don't necessarily want to, you'll be waiting on Wednesday at 8pm. To see if this happens, you have to take it into the larger context of what you have going on uh, to see how accurate it is, to see if some of these events may play out or all of them or just to see how it plays out, basically. So I'm going to say that it's, it's definitely it could be very, very general. But if you are with somebody that's experienced, um, who knows what they're doing, you could probably have a pretty accurate reading. But you're not going to get that from every person. I think it's hit and miss across the board. Does that yeah. make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
0: I mean, I, I have, uh, I think it's uh, some kind of horoscope app on my on my phone that I, I use daily. And you know sometimes is extremely accurate. And sometimes it's not. It just it really depends. And and again, the people that are you know, creating this information and putting it out there, you know, they you want it to be able to catch and resonate with as many people as possible. But the details are going to be what it it either delineates the truth or the facts or it doesn't because it's not you're just not going to be able to to it's not going to be able to respond or resonate with everyone, unfortunately. But in the for the broader context, Deanna, and you and I have talked about this. So I'm just kind of ju- going to jump into it. So there's a gentleman, and I think we, I mentioned his name either in the first or second episode. His name is Jordan Maxwell. And he has a show on Gaia, and it's called The Secret Life of Symbols. And he goes over the whole idea of the Zodiac in in astrology in mm-hmm. the Bible, specifically Job 38, 32, 33. So, um, and, and he is who got me on to this idea of... Um, is how deep does astrology go into how far is it embedded into the depth of uh, religion and it's it's embedded pretty deep, it's def- definitely the last 1500 years or so or longer you know, maybe 1800 years uh, because there are so many cathedrals or um, ancient sites where um, something has been built over it where they are unearthing so many things where you see astrological zodiac signs uh, on these holy sites, or in in churches, especially during the Renaissance time, you'll see a whole bunch of astrological symbols um, all over. Even in the in the stained glass uh, windows, you'll see that.
1: Well, it goes back further than that. It goes and, back all the way back to the twelve tribes of Judea. The Jewish people, the 12 tribes. Right, yeah. you'll, you'll
0: see that. But I'm talking about just stuff that still exists today. Right. The, like, we could see tangible buildings, things like that, uh, holy buildings. <clears throat> so the it, it, it has been around for a long time, and it's been embedded um, in religion. So Mr. Maxwell points out, of course, Job, and he points out the word Mazaroth, mm-hmm. which basically means... Um, the zodiac or ordinances of heaven, and when he points out um, this specific passage for Job, it says, "Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Of course, the constellation." And that's Job what thirty-eight thirty-three. Okay. Or loose uh, the cords of Orion. That's the other constellation. Can you lead forth a constellation in its season? and guide the bear with her satellites. Do you know the ordinances of the heavens or fix their rule over the earth? So basically what, what that means is it's, in, in, it's implying um, the ordinances of heaven imply the word Maseroth. And the, masroth, the word Maseroth is the Hebrew version from the Old Testament. And then the word oath O-T-H, or Oth, um. That that word is very specific, and that means um. I have that somewhere. Things to come, basically, things to come. Right. That's what it
1: means. Right. Okay.
0: So, and then he goes on to list many different examples uh, through Job and then different parts of the Bible, um, even in in Genesis as well, uh, but. What is really fascinating is that that word Maseroth cannot be um, argued against in terms that it's there. All the Bible scholars um, know what it means. And in in all the Bible dictionaries Mm -hmm. or Bible commentary books or Bible study guides, it specifically says Maseroth, (laughs) the Zodiac, uh, signs... um, uh, basically things signs of things to come or things to come so it, it it is very specific that that word is there and it's been there and it it means what it means so um and then in order to understand it even more in that context like i said he was listing a few other things mm-hmm. um, and then in john fourteen two, he says it says in my father's house there are many abodes some Bibles say mansions and some say dwellings. And basically what that means is that um, ba- you look at mansions versus abodes versus dwellings. Well, personally, I like mansions. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> who wouldn't like mansions? But uh, basically what that means is that God lives in heaven and the signs are, that's basically the um, the dwellings are where the, the signs lie or the mm-hmm. sun basically where the Earth is at at any point in time, and that's how they break that down even more. And when you look at, because um, he also had another example for, um, I think he had the, uh, let's see here, yeah, I think he had the Harper Collin- Collins, yeah, the Harper Collins Study Bible. Oh, no, I think it might have been the uh, maybe the Wycliffe Bible Commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Wycliffe uh, Bible Commentary, basically, it, it goes into Job 38, 22, 38, uh, And it's basically saying, to qualify as director and judge mm-hmm. of man's life on earth, one must be able to govern the heavenly bodies that rule the earth. Note the repeated mention of the influence of the atmospheric and astral heavens on earthly affairs. So, um, it, these individuals that study the Bible, the theologians, and uh, the people that help uh, break down the uh, ancient Hebrew, uh, they realize what what it's what it's implying, and that is that we're talking about the zodiac. We're talking about astrology here. So it's, it's in the Bible, and it doesn't refer to uh, it being evil.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: Yeah, so the idea of working with astrology, whether it's the, uh, obviously it's it's not so much in today's world about telling time. We have other mechanisms for that. But it 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 does play that, does continue to mystify us in terms of the idea that it can help to, again predict those possibilities or help with characteristics of a person and what they might have going on due to you know, any type of given astrological event that might be going on for them or what their vulnerabilities might be during an astrological event or time frame all types of things like that
1: Right, I agree with you <laughs>
0: well, I'm glad that you agree with me So I would definitely recommend for anybody that's, you know, interested in astrology or the controversy that surrounds astrology. Because a lot of people are like, no, the the astrology, the zodiac shouldn't even be in the Bible. Well, that is just due to plain out ignorance. I mean, it's just that is somebody who is just very ignorant. Well, there's a
1: good reason why it's in there that I found out. So tell us with this word. The yeah. Tell us. Okay. So the Maseroth, also known as the Zodiac, as you point out, is an is the name given to the pattern of stars found on the celestial equator or ecliptic. The ecliptic is an imaginary zone of the heavens containing the twelve signs within within which lie the paths of principal planets. It should be noted that the ancients were aware of only the five visible planets, namely Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mercury, and through which the sun passes in its annual course. So they were there and they were looking at the skies. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: They were looking at the skies, the heavens.
0: Yeah, all ancient civilizations were doing that.
1: Masaroth is also the Hebrew word for constellation, there is a related Hebrew word called Mazaloth the sages teach us that the primary use of the astronomical bodies is for calculating times and seasons to serve as signs Um, the book of Genesis which is called Bereshit Mm -hmm. uh, by the Hebrews in 114 says and Hashem said let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from night let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason number one there, mm-hmm. for it being there. Now, the Torah, or the, the first five books of the Bible, emphasizes the importance of time and keeping track of time. Therefore, keep this in mind You know, as we talk about this, that the astrological bodies are to serve as signs, seasons, days, and years. And one of the words that that came out of this is moeds, which means uh, appointment, a fixed time or a season, a festival, um, an assembly, uh, the place of meaning also, it may be a signal appointed beforehand, appointed. Um, with the Bible being prophecy, a lot of a lot of that prophecy. Or moets mm-hmm. were appointed were appointed times for instance Jesus riding in on the donkey that mm-hmm. wasn't that was an appointed time but the biggest thing the biggest thing for the Jews were um, Leviticus the chronicler overview of the prophetic plan of God in which he talks about the feast the six days um, she'll be um, work should be done, and the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. So in Leviticus, we see nine times uh, the word feast is listed, and they're using this. This first Moed is Passover, and its theme is death, and we see this in Leviticus 23.5. Um, and then we see it seven more times, six more times, I'm sorry six more times. The second Moed is uh, Leviticus 23, 6 through 8, the Feast of Unleavened Bread and its theme is cleansing. We have a third Moed um, pertaining to this word Maseroth. Um, The third Moed was to be observed on the day after the Sabbath on the Sunday during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. For this For Israel, this moed commemorates the emergence of out of the Red Sea, which you know when they went to the Red Sea at Moses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the fourth moed is Pentecost, when uh, which was to be observed in the summer. 50 days after the first fruits, and this theme is covenant. This moed stands alone between spring and fall moeds, and it is the one that the people of God are to live in. Uh, the fifth moed, and the next one to be filled, is the Feast of Trumpets, and that's Leviticus 23 23 to 25. Uh, the Moed of Trumpets was a memorial feast remembering the events that occurred in Exodus 19 the only significant trumpet prior to that time. The theme of trumpets is remembrance because it is a time when God remembers his covenants with his people. So this is, this is, um, the first four Moed's of Leviticus 23 were fulfilled by Jesus in a period of 60 days in 30 AD. The sixth Moed is Yom Kippur, the day of atonement is the theme, uh, is judgment. In reading Leviticus 23, 26, 32, the importance of keeping the Sabbath is is stressed. Um, the seventh and last Moad in Leviticus 23 is the Feast of Tabernacles, also known as Sakoth, and its theme is New Beginning. So this is why this word Masaroth mm-hmm is in the Bible and why astrology is in the Bible is because they were, <laughs> they, it's not like they had a calendar back in those days. I mean, you know, like, no. like we have today.
0: No. And so that, that's the whole premise, right? The zodiac following the stars, you were, they were calculating time, doing the best they can. And when we go back to the Genesis 14 and, mm-hmm. um, to so divide the day from night and let them, uh, be for signs and seasons, and for the days and years, basically. So if we break down, if we break down, signs, right, and we don't necessarily imply forecasting the future, but we imply forecast. For example, if you're if you're born and you live for about ten years on Earth, right, depending on what continent you're on, you're gonna see seasons, right. You're going to see things change. You're mm-hmm. going to see the fall come in and leaves fall from trees. You're going to see the winter come in, snow, hopefully, things like that. And then the spring, you'll see the leaves start to grow on trees and weather, the temperature maybe warm up a little bit. So you do that, you know, for 10 years or so, you kind of have a pretty good idea as to what's to come in that regard. That's also going to help you uh, know when to plant crops and to harvest them um things like that people people change during the seasons that's that's a proven fact scientifically and people can go into a depression during the fall and winter months and then come out of it um obviously because we need vitamin D vitamin D helps to create uh serotonin and during the winter months in some parts of the world it's bitterly cold and there's not enough sun so things to come. If we just break it down and go in its simplest context, right? That could be it. Knowing that these things are going to be repeated. But as, I, as I've as i said earlier, I th- think that it evolved to know that, as it says here, um, I think from the Wycliffe Bible commentary, the Zodiac it may have or um, and basically implies some type of um, something to do with earthly affairs in some regard.
1: Right, 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 right. But
0: earthly affairs could just be the seasons. Again, at some point, the zodiac itself went from just not just telling time, but it evolved into key characteristics for the signs and the time frame that you a person was born into, and then predicting possible outcomes. But nobody really knows when that happened. We just know that it did, and it, it has continued to grow, grow, and evolve, and evolve into what we know it to, to be today.
1: Yeah, and let me just add, in Genesis one fourteen again, I, I'm going to repeat it. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heavens to divide the day from night. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. You could, you could say Mazaroth. You could also say that's a Moed, those are Moeds, mm-hmm. and Leviticus 23, 1, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feast." those are Moeds, we just went over them. And- now,
0: Moeds are like appointments.
1: They're fixed times, fixed on, times. On, on the God calendar. On the God calendar, okay. and and you know, one day on the God's calendar is a thousand years.
0: Oh, okay. I yeah, it's know not that.
1: like, yeah. Um, we and, and we have, and with God, there's three calendars. We have our calendar, we have the Jewish calendar, and we have the God calendar. And. What we're talking about here is when we say a Moed or a fixed time, it's one day is a thousand years in in that context. Wow. Um, A Moed is seen again in the Bible, Leviticus 23, where we see God's calendar. God's calendar is not made up of months like March or January. It is not the Jewish calendar either. God goes by his calendar, um, which is seven days each representing a thousand years. Um, he is the creator of eternity and occupies all of eternity. There is no time with him. God cut out a section of eternity in which he marked it off and measured it. And then he called it time. God um, gave and put in increments and marked it off with sevens. These calendars contains the feast. Please turn um, to Leviticus 23.1. Those seven feasts are the increments that he marked off with sevens.
0: But this each is, day is a thousand years. Each it's day like is seven, seven, thousand days,
1: seven days on the God calendar. And each day is a thousand. Seven thousand
0: years? Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, because, um, yeah, so on the God calendar, it, um, each day is seven years according to the Bible. And it not only states that uh, once, but it's stated twice in the Bible. Okay. I was looking for a chart that I had of, this, of those seven days. Oh, here we go. So 1,000 years, um, day one and day two were during Adam's time in the, the days of chaos. Oh yeah, days of chaos. And then we have day three and four, um, which are the days of the Torah. Hmm. okay, and then we have days five or six on uh, between four and five is when Jesus comes okay And that's what it was saying um, Jesus fulfilled the first four of these okay the first the first four thousand years or the four on the God calendar, the first four days he fulfilled those. And then in the latter days, we have day five and day six, and then comes tribulation, and then last the day of rest of of the Sabbath. So I would say we're somewhere in day six.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Feels like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Feels like that every day. Tribulation, tribulation period or in tribulation period towards the end and boarding on tribulation.
0: Well, that, I mean, that chart is actually really cool. I do like that chart.
1: Although I can't imagine it getting much worse than it already is, but... um. Oh,
0: never say never. Never say that because it it definitely can. (laughs) But that's for a different topic. Um, So, okay, so that was interesting. Um,
1: So that's why that's why astrology is in the Bible, and that's why it's important. Absolutely, to be discussed in the Bible. So no, it's nothing bad about it. It's in the Bible, and you got pastors and and preachers saying, "No, we don't, we don't believe in that." So well, you better believe in it because they believed in it back in the day, and it was handed by God as a decree.
0: I just don't understand these these pastors and and priests that say these things when the other theologians and the people that write the books about that help you study the bible these are theologians and people with people with master's degrees and doctorates that believe in god as well but yet they understand how things were perceived two thousand years ago and four thousand years ago and because the information is there just unfortunately some words were misinterpreted but the the content is there i and so why don't these people is it just because they're looking for fanaticism or or um, they're, they're wanting to go viral why do they do these things why do they say these things that the Zodiac is evil and all this other stuff. I know you and I kind of touched on it at some I point say, before.
1: But. I say partially ignorance. I mean, that's what I other think other half is. is personal belief. They don't they don't want to believe, you know, but it's hard not to believe when the word Maseroth is, is in the Bible and it tells you the, the Hebrew word for it is constellation. Mm-hmm. Constellations. Well, I think of constellations. What do you think about? It? I think about the stars, the moon, the sun, the moon. Absolutely. The planets, solar
0: system, all of it. Right. And then planets that are light years away, millions of light years. I really just, it really just frustrates me so much because not only are they, you know, Pulling the ignorance card, right? But they're also tossing hate our way too, or anybody that wants to you, do their horoscope or read their horoscope, they're just they're they're just blazing that hate toward us. I mean,
1: you could you could say okay, you could probably say you know the zodiac signs are not in the Bible, but you can't say astrology is not in the Bible.
0: No, no, you can't. Um, but yes, you could say that the constellations are, like right. Orion and Pleiades. Um, and then, but no, the the exact signs, no. Uh, the idea of Aries and Taurus. And right, and
1: it... And it Gemini. Um, like I was saying, they went by the visible planets, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, mm-hmm. Mercury, the ones they could see. Because, you know, obviously, back back in those days, they didn't have a telescope.
0: No, no, not when we
1: go back, like, you know,
0: 2,000, 2,500 years ago. But um, there was something else I wanted to say. Yeah, so that whole idea about the, the signs, right? So the characteristics, the characteristic associations between planets and humans is over 2000 years old but it it was going on as early as 400 bc but as time went on and the technology of course improved and then there was more of that idea of uh, studying it during the renaissance period that's when it, it really took off even more so a few things that i also wanted to mention um so Cla- uh, Claudius uh, Ptolemy, right? He compiled an astounding catalog of 1,022 stars. Mm-hmm. And the, he's, he wrote the earliest surviving astrological, astrological textbook, which was called the, the Tetra uh, Biblos. And that actually still exists today, uh, the remnants of it. I know if you start googling the Tetra Biblos, you'll see different. Um, you could buy it because it's been redone. Because it was in Greek, I think, um, uh, ancient Greek. So, uh, so you. Could, I know that there was a through the Harvard Press website. Um, you could get it as like thirty dollars too, if you wanted to read that, which is uh, I and mean, that looks fascinating. I think I want to get a copy of that, but so some of the um, over the last thousand years or so, Um, you had Galileo, uh, Kepler, Copernicus, and Tycho Bray all regarded astrology as an important part of their discipline. So those are all famous astronomers, astrologists basically, Um, and they were some of the uh, pioneers in uh, developing uh, astrology to the point where Mm -hmm. it's at now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. so I have a astrology book here. It's called Parker's Astrology, New Edition. The Definitive Guide to Using Astrology in Every Aspect of Your Life. It's by Julia and Derek Parker. So this is a, a really good book that I've had for a while that goes over every aspect of astrology and breaks down each component of it and allows you to start develop, you. Know, basically helps you to start developing your own charts so it is very very informative very educational Um, it is not just a a book about pseudoscience it is a it is a breakdown of astronomy because that is the foundation for astrology and then it goes into astrology and how astrology was formed so I definitely would recommend this this is an excellent read and
1: it'll so give it you. So it sounds like it's more like a um, a resource tool. It is a resource tool. R- it's like a, a textbook. Book? Yeah, yeah. A textbook.
0: Yeah, and they emphasize over and over again, uh, just like I was saying earlier. If you are interested in astrology, you have to study it one hundred percent. You have to put a lot of time and energy into it, just like you would any other science, in order to understand it and be able to break it down. And then after that, it's up to you. It's up to your your own intuitive mm-hmm. skills. If you're going to use it to help um, uh, do some type of prediction um, in terms of you predicting unfolding events for someone, when if you if you decide you want to do that to become a real astrologist, an authentic astrologist, and of course, there are so many computer programs out there and even websites and you know programs for your phone, apps for your phone that you could. Put in your your date of birth and all this other stuff, and you know it'll print out oh, something. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I've I've talked to several like um, psychic slash um, astrolog, astrolog astrologers, mm-hmm. astrologists, and they just need your name, your date of birth, and they'll print out your star chart and mm-hmm. what house you're in, and all kinds of cool stuff.
0: Yes, and that is all, that is very good just to get a. A baseline of an idea as to to see how general it could be or things like that.
1: And your date, time of birth. They need your time time of of birth birth,
0: too, in location too. Um, But these guys here, uh, the Julia and Derek Parker, they specifically say that's fine. Do that, but in order for you to see how deep it could go. And how accurate it could be you need to start doing your own charts in order to visualize and imprint that visually into your psyche uh, to allow your intuition to come out more so th- th- this is a this is definitely an excellent resource and there are tons of books out there uh, regarding astrology but like I said and like we just said nowadays you have your phone your app you have websites that will you enter that information and then it'll print out that information for you. It's just you know general ideas, basically pre pre created um, information uh, about you know, specific attributes for the day you may have been born on. But there it it still as as good as that may be, it's not a substitute for someone with experience really creating a chart for you and using their own intuitive skills as well to read between the lines.
1: I agree. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, Astrology is a fascinating subject and is definitely something that I'm going to try to get more involved with. I think now that I'm older I'm, I'm at a better point to understand it more. Because it is, it is very difficult. And it's as much difficult
1: as I, because it has so many angles to it.
0: Yes, it has a lot of different angles to it and uh, of course, there's math involved, and I'm just not good at math at all. <laughs>
1: wow, well, that's why you need one of those those computer programs where you just punch in all the information and hit enter. And and then it just does it. It yeah. just does it.
0: Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to get one of those. But I definitely want to learn how to do charts myself. Um, so that's, what, that's definitely what I'm going to do. Uh, I mean, I've always been interested in, in the signs, of course, but... I'm um, also my my specific um, interest is the day the day you're born on because there's a lot of uh, astrological meaning behind the number um, and I'm not talking about necessarily numerology but what that is represented yeah. by um, and well I'm gonna save that that for another topic another day so with that said I think we're done with astrology I mean basically the take home from this from this segment is if you're interested in astrology don't consider yourself a misfit because you're not astrology has been here for thousands of years it is in the Bible and it is something that should be used maybe nurtured and cultivated and you can certainly play with it in terms of uh, experimenting with it and you hopefully becoming better and better at it more experienced with it but just because you follow it and you ask people hey what's your sign it doesn't mean you're some kind of freak or misfit now you might be hitting on them hey what's your sign baby (laughs) if that's your thing so be it but otherwise it's it, it does not constitute you as being evil so definitely get that out of your mind and if somebody says that then point them to exactly where it says Maseroth in the Bible and tell them, go figure that out for yourself. Fucked hard.
1: All of the Leviticus is is, uh, astrology. Well,
0: there you go. And he didn't even cover Leviticus in his um, TV show. Oh, maybe we could come back and you could tell us some more stuff about that
1: the first chapter first chapter of genesis bear sheet uh 114 there you go it's astrology
0: we'll have to come back and visit this topic so with that said we are going to go ahead and conclude this segment of um, of our podcast this is the fourth episode yay four episodes in <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know what our our next show to- our next show's topic is going to be. But it actually we were kind of thinking that maybe we'll just kind of leave it open and just talk some about some other stuff, just a whole bunch of stuff. And we're also looking for a special guest, so if you are interested, send us an email, contact us We're definitely looking for special guests. We're interested. And you don't necessarily have to be somebody that pursued a spiritual path and is, you know, LGBTQ. I I mean, if you are, that's great. But just anybody that might consider themselves a misfit um, for any reason, um, because you're, uh, just because of the way you grew up or how different you might be. I mean, Mystic Mystic Misfits is open to everybody uh, who might just be considering themselves a misfit. But ideally, if you did pursue a spiritual path and uh, you have cause for concern because you, people say you're weird or a freak, then, yeah, we would definitely want to hear from you. <laughs> so please remember to check out our website, mysticmisfits.net. And now we do have a, a Facebook page, too. So just uh, Google or on Facebook search Mystic Misfits, And we'll. We're definitely going to have a TikTok and Instagram here pretty pretty soon. I'll get to work on that this week. So you'll have all kinds of ways to see our little segment videos and to reach out to us as well. So hopefully um, you let us know how we're doing. And if you guys have any questions or something you want us to talk about, go ahead and email us. It's mysticmisfits21 at gmail.com. Or if you want to be a, you know, potentially a, a guest on the show, anything you'd like to say
1: I just want to say you know sometimes guys I get nervous and I read really fast or I talk really fast so if I'm if I do that and you have questions please please write us or write me oh absolutely for clarification yeah.
0: look this is not easy obviously Deanne and I sit down in front of people all the time and we talk but doing so with a microphone in your face changes the whole dynamic the entire environment and it can make a person very nervous so you know this is again our fourth episode so i think we're getting better and better and definitely um i'm nervous you're nervous but uh, just between the two of us it does it does flow so but yeah if you guys have any questions about that just you know email us and um we'll get we'll get back to you So with that, thank you for tuning in, and we wish you guys a good evening and many, many blessings to come. And tune in next week, next Wednesday, for the fifth episode of Mystic Misfits.